Welcome to the China Flexpad podcast. My name is uh, Ricardo. I I come from Portugal. I first landed in China, in this case Hong Kong, back in 2013. It was actually an accident. Throughout my bachelor's, my my main goal was to end up in the Middle East, and then through a series of unforeseen circumstances, let's just say, I ended up in Hong Kong, and it was a very fortunate, very fortunate、uh, mishap. Ever since then, I've worked、uh, within the Portuguese-speaking country sphere with a few associations. From that. Point in Hong Kong, I transitioned into a career in mainland China, and,、uh, and I've been here ever since. At the moment, I am working for in sourcing and procurement for European industrial group. But this is probably not the the main thing that people in this podcast are going to be interested in hearing. There's actually one other thing that I do on the side. This is a passionate project that I, that I bring on board. It's not for profit. Which is called the、um, Pitch Bootcamp. We launched it in China about in 2018, and、uh, this is something that we've been doing. So this program is an international career acceleration program. We've been doing it for eight years now, and it's taken place in 18 countries. We've done about 175 editions. We've helped over 15,000 young graduates who want to get into the job market, help them plan their careers. We connected them to over 8,000. Professional C levels from、uh, over 1,000 companies. We're talking about like top multinationals, big consulting firms, big FMCG companies, and we've helped them create jobs, internships, mentoring opportunities, and and also through that, I've given a TEDx speech in Shanghai about this whole arena of helping young people getting jobs in China, and especially young graduates who come from an international background. Or who they themselves are foreigners doing exchange semesters here, or want to come into China. Ricardo, great to have you here on the show. It sounds that you're really helping the young graduates to get a good job in China. Can you just share a little bit what kind of preparation do these young people need to have to be able to work with you? What do they need to bring in? So usually in this program we. Because because we like to bring in decision makers and key levels, obviously there there has to be a very good value proposition as to why these people who make lots of dollars per hour would spend one afternoon with these young graduates. So we are very selective in the way that we and with the people that we try to work with. So we partner up with, for example, Shanghai Jiaotong University,、uh, which is one of the top companies in in the top universities in China, and we try to select. The best of the best to bring them together with these C levels to help them accelerate their careers and to help them plan their careers. I think the key word here is planning because we have a lot of recent graduates who come into the market, especially if we're talking about international graduates,、uh, young international talent who wants to work in China. And this this is a very aggressive market. Even if it feels like China is a land of opportunity, there's there's some fierce competition. And、uh, things aren't getting any easier as the years go by, whether Chinese economy is growing or not, because the competition is just very, very high. So the key word here is we really need to get the creme de la creme to be able to convince these top C levels to join us in this、uh, in this event. And one of the things that we try to do, which is not very mainstream, and a lot of people who attend the program and get selected for the program find very weird, is that we throw CVs out the window. 
So usually people have this perception that when you're going into the job market, your main tool that you're going to use is the CV. And we throw it aside and instead we focus on understanding your value proposition, understanding your skills and what you bring into the market and building a pitch. Almost sort of maybe some of the people in this podcast are familiar or not, but it was very on vogue for the past few years to watch those startup investment shows or VC investment shows like Shark Tank or Dragon's Den and where companies would come and have an elevator pitch as to why they believe they should get investment from these top sharks. And this is about the same concept. It's getting these young graduates in front of decision makers, in front of C-level people that are 15, 20 years ahead of them, and having them pitch their career, their aspiration, and above all, to do one thing that CVs can't do because a CV is a piece of paper. And when you're doing a pitch, you're showing your attitude, your personality. And this is something that's lacking a lot in today's job market, which is the connection between people and being able to assess face-to-face who, do you, who you really are, what, what, what value do you bring me, can I see the spark in your eyes? And I believe this is a better way of assessing potential and talent in young graduates because, let's face it, when we're just graduating None of us are experts to anything. And, uh, okay, I graduated from finance, and so did another 10,000 people. So there's really nothing that's going to differentiate me other than my story and other than my own personality and the way that I talk and the way that I interact with people. So I think this ecosystem that we've built has worked in a lot of countries. China is no exception. And so this is particularly what we want from people joining us for young graduates. Plan your careers and have a very clear idea of what your value proposition is to these decision makers. Tell us in detail, what does the job market for young flexpats in China look like? Yeah, so this is the, the, the tricky thing here. It's the, the word that the flexpats, the international people who are either already in China or want to come here. One of the things I said in the previous question was it's very very fierce market. And one of the things, like I said, when you're planning your career, one of the things you got to do, maybe let's get a little bit into the, you know, Chinese philosophy. I'm not going to be the first flex pad bringing this up like Sun Tzu, Art of War, know your enemy, know yourself, uh, know your client, know your market. And if you're job hunting, you also need to take all these things into consideration. So let's actually look at what's going on in China at the moment. There's 1.4 billion people in China. It's a great market, lots of job opportunities. But actually, when you look into the foreigners market, there's about 1 million foreigners legally registered in China. Okay, maybe some other people are not legally registered, but the stats tell us that's about 1 million people. So 1 million people is about 0.07% of China's population. So being a foreigner is a very, very, very niche thing uh, when you are in China. And then if you start breaking these things down as a flexpat who's looking for a job, let's look into other things. I'm going to guess that most people listening to this podcast are going to be Westerners, okay? And one of the things when we look at foreign residents in China is that there's students, there's expats, there's locally hired professionals, entrepreneurs, there's people who come here as married migrants, so they're not necessarily working. There's also unskilled laborers, so probably not people who graduate from university. Then you have the ethnic Chinese, non-Chinese 
foreigners, uh, and then you have a bunch, that actually the, the vast majority of the foreigners here, they come from Southeast Asian countries and the neighboring countries in China. If you look at the stats, you'll see that about 21% of the total foreign population, they're Korean. And then actually, if you account with Japanese, Myanmar, India, most of the Asian countries, that's about 50%. So 50% of the foreigners in China uh, are mostly from Asian countries or neighboring countries. So if you're a Westerner, you're already down to a very uh, small number of positions that you're going to try to get your, your, uh, your own opportunity in China. And then if you account for a category that the government classifies as others, which would mostly include Middle East and African countries, that's another 31%. So we're talking over 80% of the population. If you exclude, okay, let's say you're either European or American, over 80% of the working force, foreign working force or foreign residents in China are not from your own nationality, okay? So this is just like a few facts. So we start looking at things as in, okay, there's 1 million foreigners, but actually you're competing for a much, much, much smaller percentage of, uh, of, uh, of the population here. And then when you look at some stats, for example, from internations, they're very good at assessing expat uh, communities around the world. They say that about 20% of the expats that were sent to China came here through their employers. So not necessarily because they were studying here, not because they were looking for an adventure or an opportunity. They're already working for a company, a multinational, and then they were sent to China. Then there's another 12% who are business owners, so not necessarily people who found a job, people who started their own company. And the average age of the expats in this uh, foreign population in China is 42 years old. So being a young flexpat coming into China, you really need to understand that it's going to be super hard to get into. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm not saying that a lot of people aren't successful. I'm just saying that. There's a lot of barriers to overcome because not only are you a very small percentage of the people who actually manage to get here being a young flexpat, I reinforce the young and the flexpat, but then you're also going to be competing against all the Chinese students who graduate each year. We're talking about almost 8 million Chinese graduates each year. And then we also have what they call the features of the highway which is the Chinese who are studying overseas and then they come back to China, which is another half a million, okay? So in the midst of all of this fierce competition, if you really, like we were saying before, if you don't plan out what you really want and if you're not very clear about the value proposition you bring into the market, you're really looking at you know, a very Herculean task, so to speak. And then there's another interesting thing, which is about... 400, out of this 1 million foreign population, about 490,000 are teachers, okay? A lot of people forget about this, but there's lots of teachers in China. So we tend to focus on the corporate world, but actually the, 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 the vast majority of the expats working in China, they're actually teachers, which is not to say that people can't focus on this career. They can, there's lots of opportunities, but if you're a young flexpath looking to go into the corporate world, understand that almost half of the population here, their teachers. And then another 400,000 are students, okay? People who come from lots of different countries. But when you start looking at the small piece of the pie that's left for young graduates inside of China or outside of China looking for a job in the corporate world in China, 
it, it, it's a really, really small piece of the pie that's collect for people. So people really need to understand that it's a very challenging market for young graphics. <laughs> I don't know how to continue after this, uh, Ricardo. <laughs> But still, please tell me, which kind of companies in China really recruit Flexpads and for what kind of positions? Whatever I was saying, I'm not trying to demotivate people from doing this. I feel that they should, but they need to understand the obstacles. And if after hearing how competitive this is, people still feel like, you know, I have to find a way and I will find a way to end up in China, those are most definitely the ones who are going to make it into the pool of foreign young talent who end up here. Okay. Going back to the, to the question in, in terms of the types of companies that recruit the, these international young flexpats, let's, let, let's try to say there's sort of like three profiles, uh, not to say that these are the only ones, but I think the, the, the big chunks would be either people who have skills that show great adaptability to the local market, and this would be a proficient Chinese Uh, language level or people who've already been in China for quite a few years because they were studying and they really understand the local culture. They already have a network. So great adaptability to the local market or high technical expertise in case of people who come from engineering or programming backgrounds. And in this case, sometimes you're not even required to speak Chinese, but you have high technical expertise or people who are also on uh, research programs. Uh, the government has a lot of incentives for people who are doing research programs to come here to attract highly qualified talent and they even get more points in the passport system. So there'd be these people who really bring something into the market, either with great language skill, great adaptability, or great technical expertise. Then there's those companies who are looking to expand overseas. And these could either be Chinese companies trying to expand overseas or uh, multinationals trying to have local operations in China. And in this case, you as the young expat, probably you're going to be the bridge between cultures. So if you're working for a Chinese company and, for example, you are a German national or you're a Brazilian national or you're a Spanish national, probably you're going to be the link between that company and the market that will speak Spanish or German or English or French, uh, and you understand those cultures, and so they see you at added value, even if you're a young talent, and especially because you're a young talent, because then you're sort of like a blank sheet, and they can help you, train you, and mold you into what they want. Or if you're working for a multinational, you're the link to your home culture. You're either French-speaking national who's coming into China and you really understand the corporate culture of that French company and you help them set up operations here, etc. So this is sort of like, you know, being someone that bridges culture. And then you have another piece of the market, which as I said in the previously, it's really important, which is teaching. And it's not to say that the aspiration of people listening to this podcast need to necessarily be teaching English or history or sports, whichever position, mostly English teaching is where the big chunk of opportunities are. But uh, the fact is that there's a market in China. Uh, estimates, they, they vary, like, depending on where you're looking at, but we're talking about 300 to 400 million English learners, and, and there's absolutely 
not enough manpower in China from foreigners, whether they're native speakers and non-native speakers, to help cater to the to this big pool of people looking to learn English. So it's not necessarily to say that you need to look at this as an opportunity in teaching, but sometimes coming here as a teacher is also a gateway for you to be inside the country and then build the network so that you can migrate to another career, probably the one of your choosing. So you shouldn't throw out the possibility that maybe your way into China is actually as an English teacher, and then you just have a clear heading about where you want to go from there. Because this is really a huge market, and you really can't just throw this out the window as an opportunity. Well, Ricardo, how much do I make when I come to China as a flexpat? I'll try to give my impression on this for entry levels, which is... The, usually the people that I connect with and some of the jobs that I help promote in this area for young talent, international talent in entry-level positions. If you look at these three layers that I was telling you about, if you're looking at technical degrees, then that requires certifications or engineering or programming backgrounds. I'd say you would be looking at something from 15 to 30,000 RMB gross per month. Obviously, this will depend on the city you're in, and this will depend on the company and the industry. But it's also true that one quarter of the foreign population in China lives in Shanghai. So I'm, I'm using Shanghai as a benchmark, which is a fair one. And then because if you include also cities like Beijing and Guangzhou and Shenzhen, so all these first-tier cities, they do make up most of the foreign population. Uh, so yeah, take this as a, as a benchmark, not as the rule, but something between fifteen to thirty thousand. Then, if you go into the second layer, the one that I was talking, which is you're kind of like bridging the gap between foreign companies and the domestic companies, and in more non-technical roles, something like sales, marketing, design, I'd say that you could be looking at something between ten thousand and twenty thousand RMB gross uh, per month, and then. If you look at the third layer, which is the, the one that I was telling you about, the teaching jobs opportunities, or in some cases, there's also education consultants, which are the people who help Chinese students go and study overseas. You can be looking at something here between 15 and 35,000 RMB gross per month. So actually, teaching jobs in China, when compared to entry-level positions, okay, the keyword here is entry-level, they actually do... Uh, have a much higher income compared to some of the other positions that I was talking about. Then again, this always depends on schools, the experience you have, whether you're native, non-native. But again, this is just a rule of thumb. So take it as that. What are the best channels to land a good job in China? Maybe also taking into consideration the different groups you mentioned, but what would you recommend? How to land a job in China? Okay, so when we're talking about channels, the, the, there's obviously a, a big variety of ways that we can try to come here. That, that always to make this easy, let's always try to do this in like three layers. Uh, one, and, and this, and I think when you're a young uh, graduate, uh, flex path trying to come into China, or even if you're already here, Uh, never use just one of these channels. Try to always do a mix, which is always what's going to work best to increase your opportunities. Um, so that would be using online channels. In this case, it works great if you're not in China, of course. And the online channels, we're talking about Chinese job boards. 
just to say some of the big ones, you can use Jiaoping or a 51 job, which in Chinese would translate as I want a job. Uh, there's Boss Jiping, there's Lieping. There's also one website which is actually, uh, you know, you have to say it in English for people in the podcast to understand, but it would be Y. J-B-Y-S, which in Chinese would translate as uh, just graduated job portal. So the, this website is more catered towards students, people who just graduated. Most of these websites are going to be in Chinese, as I said, the Chinese job boards. But even when you use these websites, sometimes some companies advertise a few positions for foreigners. So they post everything in English. I'm not saying that this is the best bet. If you don't speak any Chinese, but obviously if you're a young flexpat who already has a decent level of Chinese, these are definitely the best bets that you need to uh, invest your time and effort because uh, there's lots of opportunities being advertised there. Then if you're outside of China, there's just no going around this. You need WeChat. Once you have WeChat, you need to follow accounts like this one would be more catered to an international audience who perhaps doesn't have a good command of Chinese. So there is... Hired China, there's JobTube, there's eChina jobs, uh, and then more local things for Shanghai and Beijing like WeHustle uh, and Jing jobs. And all of these that I've just said, you can either have WeChat accounts. They also have websites, but it works best if you're using WeChat because then they will invite you into job groups and you can interact with people. So there's that, there's the WeChat groups. And then, of course, being outside of China, if you're not using Chinese tools, you can always look for the LinkedIn groups, Facebook groups, and so on. So mostly these online channels are the ones who are going to give you an insight as to what opportunities you can find. So this is like the first layer if you're looking for channels as a flex path to land a job in China. The second layer, I would say, is uh, let's classify it as uh, institutional programs. So you have, for example, company Talent development programs. You have Chinese companies like uh, Alibaba, JD, which uh, actually right now during COVID, I'm not sure these programs are still running, but before COVID they did and pretty sure when things get better, they will still be doing them, which is you can apply even not being in China to do a one or two year sort of management trainee program where you're going to be rotating in different positions in the company. In many cases, they encourage people not in China and from different countries to apply because then these people, after they graduate from these programs, they're going to be sent back, for example, to Alibaba operations in Thailand, in Europe, in South America. And so that they really want these international flex paths to be coming to China to be trained. And whether they stay in China or not, they see them as, as a big value to connect them to these key markets. So there's that the talent development programs. Then you can also look at job placement programs. In Some of these are paid, but again, if you are a flexpat and you really come into China, maybe you will see it as a worthy investment to pay for these programs. You have examples like uh, CRCC Asia, uh, virtual internships, uh, and these are companies that are private, but they also help with some government programs. So they send, for example, uh, graduates from the US, from the UK, uh, from Australia into China to do a two, three month internship and learn Chinese. And then that opportunity can convert into a full time job. Then again, you have to pay for these programs, but it is a way in. And in most cases, you can even select the industry you want to go into, the companies you'd like to intern on. So it's an investment, but an investment that puts you on the right track right away. 
Then you can also look, again, still in institutional programs, you can look at government and university programs. I'm not sure where some of the listeners of the podcast are going to be based on, but I know that, for example, my home country, Portugal, there is government programs that send university graduates and young graduates to China to do like a one-year internship paid by the government. There's universities who offer that to their students as well. There's student programs like Isaac, which also offer you the option to come into China to do an internship, paid internship in companies that you would like to apply. Um, I'm currently also taking in our own company interns from uh, MISC Foundation, which is a foundation that helps students in Saudi Arabia find internships in international companies. So even Saudi Arabia uh, has this sort of programs to their students. So I'm sure that many Western universities and countries also offer the same. So make sure you look up in your university and your government programs. I'm sure you'll find some of these things that are interesting. And then last but not least, a reinforcement to the thing I said before, which is teaching or study programs. Again, there's so many opportunities. I, I think you only have to be in China and be in a few job groups to understand that. There's just so many offers for teachers. And again, this doesn't have to be your end goal, but it's certainly a very fast track ticket into China that gives you the visa. And then once you're in China, once you have one, st one step inside the door, one foot inside the door, it becomes a lot easier when you apply for other jobs, even to get your work permits, etc. So I would say a combination of these three is probably one of the best odds to get you to land a job in China. Last question, Ricardo. One minute. What is your top recommendation to young flexpats coming to China? The right attitude, and this comes from the pitch bootcamp, uh, pitch bootcamp background, the right attitude. You need to understand how hard it is going to be. You're going to be competing with a lot of people. So bring the right mindset, be open, learn about China, learn how to interact with people, respect the culture, respect the country. And One very important word, which we classify it as networking, but in China, I think everyone has heard this, which is guanxi. Guanxi in English would be translated as networking, but we all know that in China means so much more. It's the connections. You can't just be applying for jobs. You can't just be looking up in job boards. You need to connect with people. Connect on LinkedIn, connect on WeChat, but connect with people, ask for advice, ask for referrals. Because if there's one thing in China that shows up everywhere is guanxi, guanxi, guanxi. You have a lot of Chinese sayings. Uh, there's one that translates, uh, if you have guanxi, nothing matters. Without guanxi, everything matters. There's other saying that says, first make friends, then do business. There's another one. Uh, to have one friend is to have one way. And the list goes on and on and on. Uh, there's also some Chinese little, little... Uh, common sayings like fa, which means uh, sentiment, reason, and law, which means that in China, first sentiment, then the reason, then the law. Sentiment here, it's basically to emphasize that relationships are just so important in China. So if you want to come here, you definitely need to connect to people who are already in China, whether Chinese or internationals, and you can't just be applying for jobs. You need to ask for advice. One, one thing, and just to finish up, this is a great sentence that we use when we're training these young graduates that are going to meet these C-levels and great decision makers. If you want advice, ask for a job. If you want a job, ask for advice. This is to say, if you're going to go to people saying, oh, please, can you give me a job? 
most likely people are going to give you a bunch of advice on how you can get a job. If you go to people with the right attitude and you say, you know, I would love to hear more about what you do. How did you get there? You know, what, what's it like working in China in your company? Uh, would it be possible to spend some time there, maybe half a day or even take a call with someone to know how they do it? The fact that you're asking for this advice just shows such a great attitude from your side that probably instead of the advice, you're going to end up getting a job. So, yeah, that's my advice. Ricardo, thank you very much for your great recommendations. Um, we've just had the call with Xiao the other week. He's a professional headhunter. I'm sure he had a bit of a different perspective on this, but I really liked your very tough talk here. It's just like our first TED talk, I would say, on the podcast. So I want to point out here that everybody can reach out to all of our guests by LinkedIn. It's really easy to find them. And as Ricardo said, ask for advice and you'll get a job. Thank you, Ricardo. Thank you. Thank you, Francis. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This was the China Flexpad podcast. I am Patrick. And I am Francis. We share the best advice of professionals in China to help you find a successful career path in China. Our guests tell you real-life problems and possible solutions for your professional and personal life in China. Thank you for listening and we hope you'll come back for the next episode. If you don't want to miss the next episode and enjoy more China and career-related content, connect with us on LinkedIn. Bye-bye. And Zaijian. -bye.